Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. We are in the month of June, about the halfway point of 2021. And so today we are going to talk about interracial marriage because on June 12th, 1967, the Supreme Court case Loving versus Virginia that abolished all the racist interracial marriage bans in the nation was decided. Mm. And so we figured this was a good time for us to talk about interracial marriage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So let's begin with kind of a brief history of this issue in the United States. Which is important. It's important. Because I think some people would, would already say, oh, yeah, we, we got we dealt with that in 67. Right. So it's over. It's completely over. Not a problem. Uh, there's no effects. If that's you, we encourage, we strongly encourage you to keep listening. Yes. Because there, <laughs> there's some <laughs> stuff we're sharing today. Right. That will hopefully convince you that that is not actually the case. So, yes, brief history of this issue in the U.S. So, so Kenny, tell us, tell us kind of what happened. I mean, obviously during slavery, right? There wasn't, right. you know, people, um, people wouldn't. There weren't a lot of interracial marriages. At Not that a point. lot of interracial marriages, but there were still a lot of interracial relations. Well, yes, right. Ugly, ugly stuff. Stuff, yes. right? So yes. it still was frowned upon. Um, mm-hmm. The, the relations were right frowned upon. But you would think with like Reconstruction and Jim Crow that, well, maybe Reconstruction will stay there. You would think with Reconstruction that right. like, kind of that would be the end of it. Yeah. But what, what was actually going on then? So a lot of these laws were put on the books, you know, prior to even um, the Civil War and mm-hmm. all that stuff. If you're thinking about. Like, even in the northern states, there were laws passed that said that white people couldn't marry anybody who wasn't white. Okay. Including blacks, Native Americans, Asians. Right. Um, all those different ethnicities. Um, Reconstruction comes upon the scene, and a lot of these um, laws in the South are abolished. They're mm-hmm. immediately taken away. You think about Reconstruction during this time, a lot of, a lot of freed slaves... Um, gained political power, mm-hmm. right? So they were able to get a lot of these um, discriminatory laws abolished in their states. Mm-hmm. But when kind of the Jim Crow period came along, a lot of these states in the South and in other parts of the country, the West and, and the North, they began to um, pass these laws again, mm-hmm. um, saying that the white people could not marry outside of their race. And if they did, it was considered a felony. It wasn't a situation to where you just get a fine. Right. It's like, no, you are facing some some serious jail time. So even in the like the Loving versus Virginia case, um, they were facing like 
some jail time. Okay. Like it was, it was. And I think it was like in sixty-seven. Sixty. Well, the case started in like the fifties, the late fifties. Okay. Which see how long it took for them yeah, to actually right. resolve it, right? That's yes. that's a shame, but they were facing, I believe, like a twenty-five year sentence, but wow. it got suspended if they left Virginia. The judge said, okay. if you leave Virginia and move somewhere else, we'll suspend state. that that sentence. So the sentence okay. was suspended, and they moved to Washington, D.C., which is actually where they were married because Virginia had the law against interracial mm-hmm. marriage. So they had to leave their hometown to move to another city in order to in in order to remain married. So these laws were were very discriminatory and and had some very serious consequences as to um, what could happen if you actually did break the law by going to a state right that allowed this type of marriage. So one of the obvious questions I think is, was this just a, a white struggle? Right? Was this just the majority culture saying? Hey, we don't want to marry. You know, we don't want you to marry anybody from a from a minority, whatever they be. Or, or was there was there actually a struggle on the other side? Right? Was there um, African Americans who said, "No, no, 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 you do not need to marry a, a white person." Yeah. Um, so definitely, even minorities had the view of you should not marry outside of your race mm. because there's going to be pushback there's going to be different challenges that you are going to have to face um, if you do marry outside of your race and even to the point where it's not just about the challenges you face but the same thing the majority culture was saying Mm. is that you are diluting the purity of our race right by marrying outside so you're doing doing damage to our ethnicity right in one sense right our race our mm -hmm. yeah so so a um just a really distorted and horrible viewpoint about mm. race and ethnicity. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so essentially, then, kind of with the Jim Crow, right? All these states kind of passed laws, right, that um, forbid majority folks from marrying minority folks, right? Right. Right. Uh, so basically had all these laws on the books against interracial marriage, and so what you're saying then is the Loving versus Virginia. Even though there were some states that had already overturned yeah. some of those laws. There were 16 states still in 67 that had these laws against interracial marriage. Okay, so so all the other states had done it except for 16. Yes. And then when Loving versus Virginia was decided, that essentially nullified any of those laws. Right, made right. all those laws unenforceable, however. Right, yet. <laughs> however. Yet. Yes. Um, some states were a little bit slow in kind of repealing the that laws. Is, that is one word for what we're talking right. about. Right. Yes. Slow. <laughs> a little bit slow uh, about repealing those laws from their constitutions. So you had South Carolina in 1998. 19 and 98. 98. Like we're almost to the 21st century at this point in time. 98. <laughs> yes. This is 98. And so they they had a a referendum to get this law repealed from the books, and people were actually concerned, mm. you know, because at this point South Carolina still has the Confederate flag as yes. part of their. Yep. They're still flying this flag, mm-hmm. so they were actually concerned that this thing was not going to pass. 
in South Carolina, like even though it was unenforceable, that they were going to actually say that we would still like for different races to not be able to marry. And so it actually passed in 1998. They repealed the law, but the vote. Yes, here's where this is where it gets tricky. It's about 60 40. Okay. So you still have 40%, right? 40% of the people who voted (laughs) in South Carolina in 1998 voted against Against. allowing interracial marriage in their state. Right. 40%. 40%. So we didn't quite get it figured all out after Loving versus Virginia, right? That's a crazy number. Two years later- Alabama decided, okay, well, we need to repeal ours also. So Alabama didn't even get it changed before the cha- before the new millennium. No, 2000. It was all, like, all the listeners out there that are, I just have to, just, just give me a second here, yeah, Kenny. All the you. listeners out there who are Alabama football fans or <laughs> Roll Tide, you need to, y'all need to seriously think about something different because this is, this is re- some ridiculousness that we're about to share. Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead with... Hey, I got to okay. take my shots where I can take yeah. my shots. They're dominating in everything. And so, okay, so. The Tennessee football fan aside. Yes, um, yes. So Alabama in 2000 decided it was their turn to repeal the law. And Way to go. again, it was like 60-40 split. 40%, 40% of the population percent. in Alabama that voted on this law, 40% of them were against right. interracial marriage in the year of our Lord, 2000. Right, 2000. So, mm. I mean, the idea that as as we tend to believe when we talk about racism or system, systemic racism, the idea that we figured all this out in the 60s and the 70s is it's kind of ridiculous if you right. have 40% of any given state who would say, yeah, we're kind of cool with it. You yeah, know, I mean, it's just a great. It's just a great illustration of this whole like, once the laws changed, mindsets changed. No, like that's just not true. Right. I mean, it, it's just it's just not. You know, uh, I mean, we're talking law officially changed. I mean, uh, nationally in in 1967, right? Yes. And yet in 2000, you still have 40 percent of the population in Alabama that voted on this particular uh, referendum. That was still. Still, still saying that this is wrong, that we shouldn't do this. That right. I mean that that's a crazy thought. Crazy, um, but so. I mean, once again, it just shows that laws do not have the power to change hearts, as that's you right. just said. That's right. And so we we have more work to do when right. it comes to um, fighting for for justice and, yeah. and ethnic unity. But I think that is. I mean, it's a good caution for us all to just say, hey, let, let's be careful about proclaiming. Hey, our country no longer struggles with racism, or yeah. people, people no longer struggle with racism, or whatever. Are the, you know, we've got all the laws right, and so everything's okay, right? No, 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 no. We need to be careful in how we uh, draw those conclusions. I think that's a good illustration of that. So, so, yeah. so the big question then, Kenny, is why, why did it take so long to change? I mean, I mean, one, and I mean, why are there forty percent of folks in Alabama and South Carolina, you know, um, voting against? This, I mean, yeah. why, why is why did it take so long to to kind of change um, to change yeah. these laws? 
So it kind of goes back to what, what we were saying about this is not just a majority culture issue. It's a right. it's an idea that we need to keep keep the races separate but equal. Yes. The whole thing in, in regards to schools and other uh, amenities that kept segregation going for so long. Um, it was the same thing when it came to to marriage is that. If if you intermingle different ethnicities, different cultures, there's going to be so many challenges, so many things, so many obstacles that you're going to face, so much um, hatred that you may even experience. And it's mm. better to just avoid all that and marry within your own culture, right? And so you won't have to go and, you know go through all that negative stuff. Yeah. And so that I mean, even in 2009. Like all yep. these laws mm-hmm. have been wiped out at this point in time. But right. in 2009, there was a judge in Louisiana who refused to uh, give a marriage license to an uh, interracial couple. Yeah. He was like, I, I'm I'm not racist. It's, these were his <laughs> words. He said, start that. You start I'm not that. racist because I, I marry I marry black couples all the time. Right. But he's he was saying he did not want you know, the children of this interracial couple to have to deal with right. all the negativity that will come from them um, being married. So he was like, I'm not going going to do it. And that's the mindset of of a lot of different ethnicities, not just, once right. again, the majority yes. culture is you're going to have too many issues that come from this. Mm-hmm. I, I remember as being a part of the African American community, I remember there was a saying: "If she can't use her comb, don't bring her home. <laughs> if she can't wow. use your her your comb, don't right. bring her home." Right. And so it, it's the idea, like, okay, you you got a certain type of hair; they got a certain type of hair. Right. You, that's that's your standard for that's whether right. or not you should mm-hmm. get married to them. And and so it's not just a majority culture issue; it's an issue of Hey, you don't want to. You don't want those type of problems. So it's better right. to just um, not deal with it. Right. And we both would say. I mean, I. We both would say that 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 particular argument is still around today. Oh yeah. I mean, there yeah. are, there are. You know, we talked about the case in two thousand nine, but I mean, there are still people today who believe that you know it's a terrible idea for right. uh, to you know a white person to marry a black person, right? Yes. Or whatever to uh, people from different ethnicities to to get married. Uh, and they're going to cite things like, well, it's just too difficult, and there's you know culture, Your children, and, right, right. Uh, there's still the argument of, I think maybe more with the minority culture today. I mean, there is that argument of we want to maintain our culture, we want to maintain the purity right. of our culture. Yes, uh, and I think that's true outside. I mean, that's not just you know uh, African American. I mean, that's going to be in all kind of your um, different ethnicities uh, in in our country, and so I. I do think that that argument still exists. Yes. I mean, there is still the whole, you know, kind of kind of thing. Or what, what are you saying about potential mates from your particular culture that you have to go outside of your culture to get right. married? That's, I mean, yeah. there's a there's a mm-hmm. big um, mm-hmm. pushback in regards to that, even with right with the idea of interracial marriage. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's and that's that's part of why it took so long and, and part of why you still have. Uh, a percentage of the culture who's not, you know, for interracial marriage. I mean, it's about 80-20 now, right. but, I mean, that's still a significant <laughs> chunk right. of, of people. Better than 60-40. Right, yeah, better right. than 60-40. We're making still, progress, yes, but it's yes. still, a you know, a significant number of people who um, 
are are not in agreement for people marrying people outside of their own ethnicity. What else would you say, right. brother, is the reason why it took so long for well, us to get this far? Yeah, I mean, a big one, and this is something that Kenny and I have talked about, is there were passages, biblical passages, that were being applied out of context Yes, to basically um, say that God hated interracial marriage, right? Yes. That God was opposed to interracial marriage. So I, I think we have to deal with that, right? right. So what, are, what what's an example of maybe a passage that was, was taken out of con- context for those purposes? So yeah, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, um, Moses is given the people of Israel the law after their coming out of Egypt, and he basically tells Israel to not marry the nations surrounding them. Mm-hmm. But the purpose that that Moses gives is because those people will draw them away yes. from the God of Israel, from mm-hmm. Yahweh. Right. And so that that's one passage that is used. Another passage that is um, commonly referred to is Ezra chapter nine and ten. Mm-hmm. So they they have come back from exile after being sent to Babylon and um, Assyria for being disobedient. And at this point in time, they have married um, people from other nations. The mm-hmm. the Israelites have married other people. And those people, again, have drawn them away from worshiping um, the one and only true God. Right. And so, you, I mean, these are difficult chapters to read. But once again, they, they are dealing with peop- marrying people who do not worship um, in the same way that they worship. What is another passage, brother, that you would give? Well, I think just just so we're clear, right? Right. So what's happening there is that there is, I mean, like people are going to use those passages and say, see, God is saying you should only, he's, he's telling the Israelites, only marry Israelites. Yeah. And don't marry anybody from any other nation. Right. Therefore, then they, that, that, that's the end of the argument. And then it's like the application is, therefore, we should only marry people within our own yeah, ethnic nationality, right? Our, our only, our own ethnicity, right? And uh, I mean, there's there's several problems with kind of that approach. At least there's some misunderstandings of ethnicity, nationality, all those kinds of things. How to read the Bible? How to read the Bible? <laughs> yeah. But as you pointed yeah. out, I mean, the big one is the issue was um, religious, right? The the yeah. issue was they don't serve Yahweh, they don't serve mm-hmm. the Lord, um, and so if you're if you're going to marry um, people who are outside of um, the the kind of the what we would say is the religious community, right? Yes. Um, then you're you're going to have problems. Your hearts are going to be drawn away, right? The the obvious example was Solomon, right? He right uh, married women who were he married foreign wives, and uh, the problem was is that those foreign wives drew his heart away. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a real I mean real tragedy in Solomon's life, and so. That is the issue, but where it often gets taken, it get it doesn't. <laughs> it's like sometimes we stop the argument, right? It's just so that we can kind of make our own application. So we don't do that. Uh, no, we would never. We would never do that in other um, areas either. Right. Yes. So what? Uh, so yeah. What's maybe? What's maybe a New Testament? Those are called kind of Old Testament examples. Right. So what's a New Testament example of? or a passage that's often quoted out of context. Yes. Uh, in Acts 17, Paul, he is speaking to uh, the philosophers on Mars Hill. Mm. I'm not going to try to pronounce the actual name mm. of that. And so in, in that conversation, he said, 
God talks about how he gave, how he put every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined a lot of periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. And so Paul is given this argument that God created all of man and he put them in, in their nations and in their different ethnicities and put them in their boundaries to dwell in different time periods and all that stuff. Right. And so people will take that and they will twist it and say, well, if God wanted people to to intermarry, then he wouldn't have put them in different places right. on, on the globe. Right? right. He wouldn't have designated spots for them to to actually live. He would, he would just have everybody together um, with each other. And so once again, the point of Acts 17 yes. <laughs> is not to forbid interracial, interracial marriage, marriage right. right? The point of Acts 17 is to, to show these people that God is sovereign over, over all things mm-hmm. and that God is calling all people That's right. from every different nation, every different ethnicity to worship him. That's right. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a thesis on why you shouldn't marry right. people outside of your nation or ethnicity. So yes, yes, it's yes. important for us to be able to read the Bible properly. Important for us to distinguish yeah. between what the, what the text is saying and what the text is absolutely not saying. That's and in good. this case, the Bible is clearly not mm-hmm. saying that. But brother William, what yes. does the Bible actually say? in regards to interracial marriage. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, again, going back to what we said, there there are marriages that the Bible forbids. Yes. I mean, I think we, we, we say that, right? Yes. Um, and But it's along the lines of um, what I would, I mean, I think the right way to say it is is that Christians are to marry Christians. Right. Uh, I mean, that's what that's what Paul is talking about. I mean, Paul in 2 Corinthians 6.14 uh, forbids the idea of being unequally yoked. Yes. And what he means in that context is, is he doesn't want a Christian, or, or at least the the right application there for marriage, is that he wouldn't want a Christian man to marry an, an, a non-Christian woman or a Christian woman to marry a non-Christian man, right? I mean, those right. are that. And, and really, if, when you look at it from that lens, and then you look back to the Old Testament, you're like, oh, okay, now I see what Deuteronomy 7 was about, right. what, um, you know, what Ezra 9 and 10 was about. It, it's about this idea of marrying somebody who believes what you believe, who, right. who trusts in the Lord like you trust in the Lord, who follows in the New Testament, who follows Jesus like you follow Jesus, right? I mean, those yeah. those that is the ground. Uh, and again, I mean, I think that's built upon in Ephesians 5, where, where we have this kind of clear picture of marriage, where the husband is loving the wife as Christ loved the church, and the, and the wife is responding uh, as the church would respond to Christ. Yes. Like that. If you have, if half of that relationship is Christian and then the other half is non-Christian, right? You're going to have challenges to, to at least to, to try to display the gospel faithfully, and so there's the, that is what the Bible is teaching, right? Mm-hmm. On the other yeah. hand, there's actually some positive examples of interracial marriage. So what what are some of those, Kenny? Yeah. So the positive examples is um, Moses marries a a kush a kushite wife right uh, which would have been ethiopia today's ethiopia around that that um area Mm. um in africa and miriam and aaron actually are critical of moses they well they use that as the excuse of to be critical of moses right and god actually rebukes them both yes uh, for criticizing moses for marrying this kushite wife i Mm. mean that that is an example of of god actually um, 
looking in looking with favor upon right. an interracial marriage. Joseph mm-hmm. and the Joseph had an Egyptian Egyptian wife. Right. And so two of the tribes of Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim, are actually <laughs> a mixed uh, right. biracial, right? That's right. Uh, you have a, an, an Egyptian woman being married to Joseph, who is a Jew. Right. You have um, Salmon and Rahab. What was what was the salmon. pronunciation? We're going to say Salmon. It's, salmon. I mean, we, salmon. Salmon, salmon. Salmon and Rahab. Salmon Come and on. Rahab, right? <laughs> Rahab uh, being from Jericho, Salmon yes. being a Jew, right? Right. And, and so, and you got Ruth and Boaz. Yes. Ruth and Moabite, mm-hmm. Boaz, a Jew. Also, um, both of those women, Rahab and Ruth, being outside of um, the Israelite community are mm-hmm. in Jesus' genealogy. And, right. In Matthew chapter one, right. So you see, God He actually looks upon um, these marriages with favor. It's yeah, not good. one to where He's saying you shouldn't have done this, right? Yeah, He's right. actually um, uh, looking uh, looking upon them well. So yeah, uh, th- those would be the examples of interracial marriage in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah I think it's just important to say, you know, like. We're we're not denying that there couldn't be challenges. Absolutely, uh, there that there. You know, I mean, um, I as an adoptive parent, you know, I understand that. Like we're trying to work through that with our our with our boys, um, right. and and we understood those challenges when we when we chose to adopt uh, children who have different ethnicities than us. Right. But but just because there's challenges doesn't mean God frowns upon it or we should frown upon it. Right. There's challenges Amen. in all of life. There's challenges in all of relationships, and so. Uh, I think that the um, the right response, the biblical response, is say, okay, how do we respond to these challenges? Right. How does us following Christ and our relationship with Jesus help us respond to these challenges in a right way, in a loving way? And uh, and so I think that's the the right response there. And kind of leading to our um, kind of our diversity and fellowship resource, we need to be able to see the beauty in these relationships, Amen. right? The beauty in um, interracial marriage, right? And so. Uh, man, that's the that's the challenge before us, and that's such a such a great thing. So, Kenny, share with us about our uh, diversity and fellowship resource. Yeah, our diversity and fellowship resource is an article by John Piper on Desiring God. Um, it's at the 50 year anniversary of the Loving versus Virginia case, and it's 50 years after Loving versus Virginia, celebrating the beauty of interracial marriage. That's good. I yes. mean, that's that's what we you know we want to see that see the. I mean, obviously, one of our hearts for what we're doing here at, at the local church level is we want to see the beauty of that in the in the Christian community, in the yes. faith community. That uh, right, the um, those from different ethnicities can actually come together, and it's a it's a beautiful. Are there beautiful. challenges? Of course, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's always challenges <laughs> in the local church. Yes, but but man, what a what a beautiful thing! And so and and I think Piper's right to say what a beautiful thing uh, interracial marriage can be. And so. Cool. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, crazy question. Let's brother. deal with our crazy question for. Let, let's start, Kenny, by sharing with our listeners <laughs> the ridiculous, crazy question. So this that is, you suggested. This is the question William did not want to answer. I refuse to answer it. So I, I was. I asked William, like, who is the celebrity from a different of a different ethnicity that he thought. He had like like he had a crush on. He didn't right. want to answer this question. Yes. I don't know why. Yes, but he that's wanna... the most ridiculous question I've ever heard. <laughs> Kenny right. is actually trying to do damage to my marriage. He's actually trying to damage my relationship with my wife. With he wouldn't even answer question. like in the privacy of 
No, no, I did answer it. Here's the answer. Everybody else is ugly compared to my wife. There we go. That is it, right? There were no crushes. There were no crushes. (laughs) Everything else was ridiculous, doesn't exist. Yes. Only eyes for my baby. Ever. So Ever. Yes, ever. I thought it was funny, but here's the true crazy question. Okay, sorry. Yes. All right. So we had a lot of uh, misinformation about interracial marriage from the word of God. So what is something that you thought about marriage that ended up being wrong? Yes. I thought, I thought that I I knew marriage was going to be a sanctifying, right? It was going to help me be more like Christ. I thought that it was going to reveal more good things about me and good things about how I loved my wife and how I was so caring and how I was so this and that. Right. And what it actually revealed (laughs) is how unbelievably selfish I am with my time and with... just everything, right? And right. so it was. It, there was a. There was a harsh. It was kind of a harsh reality, you know. Right. You kind of wake up one day and you realize, I am not as loving as I thought I was, right? Amen. I am not as yeah. good a person or whatever. So mm. that was. I, that was uh, kind of a sobering thing to come to grips with um, in my first few mar- years of marriage. Well, what do you? What about you, brother? What was something that was kind of eye opening? Yeah. So I'm a. I'm an introvert and. I'm cool with spending a lot of time by myself. I don't necessarily need people around. But I thought, like, once I got married, like, Mm. I would be less selfish in regards to my time by myself. Like, Mm, I would always, always want to spend time with my my wife, right? Right, yes. Uh, That wasn't the case, right? I'm still still selfish with my time. I still want to do what I want to do with my time. I still want to sit back and watch TV and play video games and do what I want to do (laughs) with my time. So, yeah, the marriage has had had one of those sanctifying effects on me as well that I need to to get out of my introvert shell. That's right. And it's a beautiful thing. All, to all is. our single men or single women listeners, you need to know that going into marriage. it's uh, Right. It will reveal some hard things, but those, but that's good, right? It's a good thing. It's part of, it's part of the Lord making us more like his son. So cool. Well, good discussion today. Appreciate, right. uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in and uh, we will catch you guys next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.